Open fire. Now that I have your attention. Welcome to the Chase Ascendancy Podcast. Yoda, it is I, Qui-Gon Jinn. Master Kenobi, in your solitude on Tatooine, training I have for you. An old friend has learned the path to immortality. One who has returned from the netherworld of the Force, your old master. Qui-Gon. How to commune with him, I will teach you. My ally is the Force, and the powerful ally it is. Life creates it, makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the Force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Chiss Ascendancy Podcast. This is Josiah, and uh, we're on the road. And so I brought all this ridiculous equipment with me, and we decided we're already on the road doing some stuff for work. And uh, why not pick up uh, a podcast, record something on the way? So this is episode 77. I know that we've done Book of Boba Fett stuff, 30 Days of Boba Fett, reviewing things, reacting to things, and we want to give back on the regular schedule. Chance was asking me, uh, what's the difference between everything you're doing in an episode and I told him I don't know but this is going to be 77 uh, I guess eventually I want to keep calling them episodes so I can claim to have a hundred episodes technically I have over a hundred we have a hundred things whatever you want to call them snippets whatever but we want to get to a hundred official episodes and I guess episodes can be all over the place um, but of course we've got Obi-Wan Kenobi coming in May and you've seen the trailer chance absolutely okay Loved it. and uh, and so we were kind of talking about what we wanted to see funnily enough we talked about a bunch of things except for we didn't talk about the trailer itself That's true. Um, but it was making me think what do I want to watch listen to all of those things getting ready for Obi-Wan Kenobi and uh, so Chance has just finished season 5 season 5 of Clone Wars and so I'm, I'm getting there you got two more to go and the, the Kenobi, two best ones Kenobi gets better and better, right? Right. At the end of five, he's like the guy. Well, I won't give any spoilers, even though I'm like the last one on Earth watching the show. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of episode five, or season five, Obi-Wan is the one person that's really standing with the people, that with our friends, right? And, hey, you know, and just really shows. Right. He's the guy. I mean, he's the, dude, he's awesome. Yeah. As you watch the Clone Wars, it feels like you love Obi-Wan and and Plokun more and more, Dude. and you're more and more okay with Mace Windu getting thrown out the window in Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> I'm, the further I get into Clone Wars, the more I wish I was the one doing the throwing of Mace Windu. <laughs> so <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking about all this, and it made me start thinking. So Chance is like, yeah, I, uh, he was like, I just finished season five of Clone Wars. I took a little side trip. And did some resistance, and me and a couple of our friends were like, "That's cute. No more resistance. You have to make it to Rebels before you get to Obi Wan." 
um, just because obviously with the trailer you've got the Inquisitors, you've got all these other things going on. So I was thinking yesterday, what were some other things that I wanted to refresh watching, listening to, uh, reading, whatever, comics, books, all that thing, and just preparing for what might be in the show. Um, and one thing I was really thinking about was in 2017, I believe it was, they released the uh, from a certain point of view for A New Hope. And so for those of you who are either new to the channel or new to Star Wars, new to reading Star Wars, expanding beyond just the movies and the TV shows, um, if you're a reader and you don't know where to start, some of these uh, from a certain point of view books are such a great option because it's short stories. So, you know, sometimes you commit to a whole book and you're like, I'm going to finish it for the principal, but I'm really not enjoying yeah. myself right like now. I just listen to, I don't normally do audiobooks. Right. But per your recommendation, I listen to High Republic, uh, Light of the Jedi. So Loved good. Loved it. Loved it. But a 15-hour audiobook was a huge commitment for me. Right. And it took me probably three months to get, to get through it. And uh, so these short stories are... They're awesome. perfect. Yeah, they're awesome. And so if you if there's a character that you're like, I want to know more about this person from A New Hope uh, or Empire Strikes Back, and I assume next year we're going to get Return of the Jedi, um, I was thinking about some of these really fun short stories. And so episode 77 of The Chist Ascendancy, we're focusing on uh, the oneness of the cosmic force and specifically uh, how it pertains to Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi. So while we're on this road trip today, picking up this, this drum set for the church I work at, um, we decided let's listen to the short story, yep. digest it, think on it, and then talk about it. And that's what we're doing right now. So uh, the short story is called Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. And this is not the novel. So she wrote the short story, Master and Apprentice, focused on Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi. But this is during A New Hope. And then if you go way back previous to The Phantom Menace, episode one, there's actually a full-length novel by Claudia Gray featuring Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan called Master and Apprentice. Which I'm very excited to listen to. Uh, and it was uh, uh, your brother Samuel, who's normally on the show. Yeah. Uh, bought me the audiobook on that. And it's another, looks like another 15-hour, maybe that, maybe that one's 10. It's maybe. like 12 probably. Yeah. So... Uh, it'll take me a while to get to it, but I'm excited. It's a commitment, but it's a good commitment. I'm, I'm, I, I was excited about it after listening to this short story. Yeah, it makes me more excited because you really see a lot of the relational dynamic between the two. Right. In a way that you, you know, in I guess we're diving right in. Go for it. In Clone Wars, Clone Wars really helps flesh out the relationship between Obi Wan and Anakin. Right. In a way that you don't get in the movies as much because. The movies have so much ground to cover. I feel like in the movies, what's interesting about Obi-Wan and Anakin is in episode one, Obi-Wan calls him a pathetic life form. <laughs> in reference to Jar Jar, I'm picking up another pathetic life form on Tatooine. Agrees to train the boy, not for, because of a love for Anakin, but because of an allegiance to Qui-Gon. Yeah. Um, which is something that the short story actually like touches that's, on. That's my life in ministry. Like, right? Okay, fine. I'll train the boy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, coming Just from kidding. someone who was under your tutelage, that hurts my feelings. Uh, but it goes from episode one where he's like putting up with Anakin for the sake of Qui-Gon. Yeah. Episode two is just a constant ragging on Anakin 
Um, I love how in episode two, uh, Obi-Wan keeps calling him my young Padawan, my young apprentice. Like, he'll be like, nice shot, idiot. It's just so funny. And I've made that same joke on air before, but episode three, you really start to see the relationship that forms a brotherhood as Anakin has been elevated tonight. But you don't really get that between Obi-Wan and and Qui-Gon. Right. Because you don't see that dynamic in episode one because there's so much of the story that's headed elsewhere. And And they're separate for so much of it. And when you show up in the movie, that relationship's already been established. They've already done things, you know. And so this was cool to start seeing some of that. Because Qui-Gon's one of the best Jedi ever. Yeah. And, of course, Obi-Wan's one of the best ever. So to see that dynamic is really cool. Well, it's interesting because in episode one, most of the interactions you get between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are the little teachable quips that you would get in passing in a book. Like, uh, Obi-Wan saying, well, Yoda said I should be mindful of the future. And Qui-Gon says, not at the expense of the moment. Anyways, we're doing such and such. Right. You know? Well, you shouldn't... Don't don't resist the will of the council, Qui-Gon. And, and Qui-Gon's like, look, I have to do what's right. You know? Like, right. So there, there, those are moments that would be highlights in a relationship that's in a, you know, a novel long story. But... You get the, not that they're harsh, but yeah. you get the more serious moments without the feel of what how, how strong a relationship is, especially between a master and apprentice. And I think that that felt, like, that feel is like, when you look at the original trilogy, right, you don't ever really truly get that feel. Luke seems very upset when, when Obi-Wan dies. Right. Spoiler alert, if you haven't if watched... Not, if you've, you've never had 40-something years. Yeah. Uh, but when Obi-Wan dies, Luke's very upset for losing somebody he just met. And it's probably because, you know, Obi-Wan is essentially his only connection to who he is as a person. Right. His last name and all that stuff. But uh, but you never really see that relationship or dynamic between the Master Apprentice. You see it more on the dark side with the Emperor and Vader. Yeah. And then in the prequels, you kind of get a glimpse of it at the beginning. But then you see... Mm. You see it again on the dark side, with, right? With Maul coming in, and, and well, it's interesting because the I mean, obviously, you see lots of Master and Apprentice, quote unquote, time between Obi Wan and Anakin, but the most you could argue that the most doting of relationships between a leader and someone being led is Palpatine trying to seduce Anakin. The most care and affection right. that's shown, sure. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it's, it's a, not a real love, but that's the most. Anakin feels affection from a leader toward him, it feels like. And that's really the the emotional connection through the Clone Wars is Anakin with Snips. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you see that dynamic. You still see the Obi-Wan and Anakin connection. You still see, you know, you still see some of that in other characters. Mm-hmm. You see that in uh, Luminar and Barriss and, and things of that nature. But it's just cool for... You know, to, for these two legendary Jedi's, right. Obi Wan and Qui Gon, to start to get to see some of that uh, fleshed out a bit, to mm-hmm. start to see some of that dynamic between them. And so, what, where we start this story is, uh, if you've seen A New Hope, which I'm, if you're watching this, you've seen it, right? We're gonna just assume you have to. Um, so, when uh, when Ben and Luke are talking, and they decide, well, let's figure out what's going on, and they come across these Jawas that have been killed and uh, it's interesting because it's made to look like the Tuscans did the dirty work right and I've been saying all along how great and awesome I think the Tuscans are and now we're just now getting the fruits of my labor um, 
that we're finally getting a fleshing out of the Tuscan right. culture. These four guys have been framed for daggum everything. Yeah, what's funny is that, you know, they're, they're such great warriors that we see in Book of Boba. Right. But then in that moment, Obi-Wan's like, no, these are far too accurate for... Ironically, <laughs> for troopers. these skilled warriors who've been surviving in the desert couldn't have done this. The stormtroopers are more precise. Like, who are like, you know, in pop culture, we make fun of right, their right. shooting. Like, uh, you see the memes where it's like stormtrooper uh, uh, firing range, and it's just pieces of paper that haven't been touched at all by a gun. Yes. Um, so, but in this moment... Uh, you have that moment that Samuel always makes fun of where Luke goes, oh, if they're tracking us, that will lead them back. And Samuel always goes, home, because Luke's, you know, running off yeah. uh, to go find uh, Aunt and Uncle Crispy Biscuits. Oh. And <laughs> I'll still buy that action figure, Hasbro. I'm if so they, addicted. If they make a crispy one? I would buy oh, a burnt biscuit baroo. Dude, you should just buy them and put them in the oven. <laughs> Like on a cookie sheet, dude. It'd be funny if. Uh, what if a what if a custom figure? Baru and Baru and Owen are arguing, and Owen's like, "You know what really burns my biscuits?" And then you just hear <laughs> when they're just being incinerated. It's them. You know what really burns oh my, my biscuits? Uh, the Empire. The Empire. <laughs> oh my god. Wheel. Uh, so, anyways, but there's that moment where. Luke jumps in the land speeder because he's so concerned for the well-being of basically his adoptive parents. You know, he calls him Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, but it's this is the only dad, family he's ever known. Parents, you yeah, know, I I really think in Obi Wan Kenobi we're going to get such an appreciation for Owen and Beru. I think we're going to yeah. see some of the bullcrap they go through. Luke has a stronger emotional response to Obi Wan dying a few like a little while later. Yeah. Than he does in that moment. I don't know if that maybe shock. Yeah, that's really interesting that you point that out. I think that. In the moment, like when, I don't know if, not that this was George's intent, but when they're writing and filming, Owen kind of gets the short end of the stick because he looks like a total jerk. Yeah. You know? But it turns out, like, if you think about it, you know, if it came out in 77, it's been 45 years since yeah. Star Wars came out. So if you look at it in the grand scheme of that, you look at it and 45 years later, you're thinking, well, of course Owen doesn't want Ben around, you know? Right. And we're going to see some of why in this, in this show, but, um, Back to the original point, this moment that happens in Master and Apprentice is where Obi-Wan is there at the Sandcrawler with the dead Jawas, and we've seen it before where by the time Luke comes back from the homestead seeing that his uncle and aunt have been, you know, assassinated, um, you see uh, the droids putting the Jawas' bodies on the, you know, the burn pile and things like that, and... So in that moment between Luke realizing he has to go check on Owen and Baru, and by the time he gets back, that's the little niche that the short story is written into, right. which is so cool because I don't know why I thought this, but in my mind, every time I picture the Force Ghost of Qui-Gon Jinn, he's got to be in Obi-Wan's hut. I don't know if it's just me thinking when it's so bright outside you can't see your phone. <laughs> You can't see a force ghost ghost on Tatooine. It's too bright. In the middle of the afternoon. So, uh, (laughs) but it's interesting. uh, That's when Qui-Gon shows up. Yeah. So my toy photographer brain is trying to figure out a way to have a force ghost Qui-Gon with a sand crawler and Obi-Wan there and stuff. Bright suns. Um, But there's this moment where it talks about 
the way the story opens, you really, if you're reading it, you need to reread the first couple of paragraphs over to really get a feel for it because Claudia Gray does such a masterful job of writing the force and the feel of the force yeah. and those things um, that it really, it's so detailed that I know we're trying to, when you, I don't know about you, but when I'm reading, I'm like, okay, I just need to get into this story. Yeah. But it's so good right at the beginning. You know, if you're listening to it, or if you're reading it, take your time because it's talking about the vastness of life that exists yeah. with, within the force, specifically the cosmic force, which is the greater blanket of things, if you right. will. You and know, I think, like. I think knowing going into like setting setting up the setting like you just did right right this is the moment that's happening this is when this is where they are this is what's going to happen i think that really helps you because you walk in because every time you start like a, a random you know audio star wars story right it could be in i mean there's so many planets and so many places and yeah I mean, knowing the setting so kind of getting a grasp of okay we're right outside of a sand crawler this is what's going on this is the right. setting if you know that, then I think from the moment you push play, right, you start to get the imagery. Yeah, and so it's talking about, you know, it talks about uh, under the sand there are uh, beetles and and bugs making traps for one another, trying to survive in the harshness of the desert. Apparently, forearm like. <laughs> Those are the bugs we're talking about. Whatever the heck that thing the was. Book, the Book of Boba yeah. animal. That's so funny. The forearm guy from Mortal Kombat is also <laughs> under the sand. That's so funny. Uh, but it's it's interesting because it's talking about just the life. Like uh, It talks about the desert is never lifeless. Like you yeah. look out and it's kind of interesting because it's a, it's a uh, I, I don't know what to call it. In this church, what we call it a type or a shadow, of like the Old Testament, the New yeah, Testament, yeah. but it's a it's a it's a a parable, microcosm. a microcosm, yeah. Of it's an analogy. Jeez, it took me seven years to come up with that word. It's been a long day. A long it's time it's an day. analogy. It's a parallel of what life looks like in seasons when you're still within the living force, meaning you're still limited in your understanding. Yeah. That the de- the desert is never lifeless. The yeah. force still wants to use you. The force is still yeah. active and vibrant and alive, even in the sands of Tatooine that looks so yeah. and empty to, and barren. It speaks to how unattentive that we are to what is around us. Right. And that's what they're constantly the Jedi are like. Pay attention to what's around you. Notice, feel the force around yeah. you. Like, in fact, that's one of the first things we hear from from Qui Gon is hey, right. Feel the force around you. Like, feel. Don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's just like. But it's so easy for us to get, you know, if we're in that desert, we're lost in, I, I've got sand on my feet. It sucks. This sucks. It's yeah. hot. I'm miserable. And, but for like. I don't have any moment, water. I'm out of my last black melon. Yeah, this is terrible. Yeah. 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 And. Uh, Which that thing looks like it tastes disgusting. He said it was an acquired taste. And he, and there's most of the things I've seen in the Star Wars food department look terrible. Yeah. So if that's acquired in that world. It can't be. Well, it's the fact that you pop it open and dust comes out, and that's supposed to quench your thirst. It's like, just drink this dust. Don't worry. Open up your vacuum cleaner after you've hit the rug in your dog room and drink that, and it will sustain you. It's acquired. It's acquired. Anyways, so it talks about the the bugs laying sand traps for each other under the surface. It talks about the the lizards and the serpents that are that are just barely under the surface that are teeming with life. And it talks about 
Um, it's really interesting. It it makes it sound like it's almost painful for Qui Gon to leave the cosmic force. Yeah, like there's some uh, effort. to separate from it, and yeah. he says, but it's tolerable because he knows that soon he'll be one again. Yeah, and it's so interesting that it talks about he starts to remember so basically when you become a part of the cosmic force i think in my mind how it works is uh you turn blue and you're just everywhere yeah. the same as you were before right but it's like your whole um it's more like it's really more like it's like the thanos snap yeah, where it's like, like you're your dissolved whole, into, you become a part yeah, of everything even the atoms you form are now right. no longer together it's like yeah. Which is so crazy because the Bible says dust to dust. You know what it's, I mean? Yeah. What's interesting is like in this moment, there's it's like I've always pictured maybe the Force sending them, like like when the mm. first time Obi Wan appeared to Luke when Yoda. Like appears, yeah, did, did the like Force the, send them? Because the Force is will will is that so the Force is sending them right. their presence for a moment of encouragement or right. whatever it is. But it seems like from this story that it was an act of mm-hmm. Obi Wan's. Will out of that relationship, or not right. Obi Wan? Qui Gon's will out of that relationship with Obi Wan. He put effort into learning yeah. to do that, so that he could still be present. There it's crazy Obi-Wan. because <clears throat> I remember years ago when I was still in Bible school, um, I was following Star Wars accounts already on Instagram before it was cool, yeah. and they put a question out there, and it was a picture of Obi Wan and in, in Vader fighting, and it says, um, it says when Obi Wan says. If you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. What does that mean? And my answer, uh, my answer was, because he becomes a part of the cosmic force, his wisdom and his understanding of the the universe and his ability to teach Luke actually becomes limitless because he's not tied to a physical form. Right. And what's interesting is, I guess I always saw it almost like the Stranger Things upside down, where it's like. It's the spirit world of our world, but yeah. you're just the same person, but you're blue. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there's not really a... You never don't become yourself, but yeah, this story like, explains uh, it as the opposite. Yeah, it's you're like a, a, you're a drop world. in the ocean. Yeah, it's not like Sixth Sense where you're walking around. Yeah, Some yeah. people can see you and some It's not the haunted can. mansion. Yeah, no, and I, I agree. I think that maybe my mind has always treated it more like yeah. that. It's imagine like the a, whole world yeah. is water. And when we're alive, we're part of the living force. We can't be a part of that giant unit. Yeah. And when you cross over into the cosmic force, everything of you becomes water or sand or so whatever or air. You know what I mean? Very Stellan Geo's point of reference. Yeah. Thank to you the very force. much. That was really- um, but it was interesting. Speaking of that, it was so interesting that it talks about the harmony of the song of the cosmic force coming from Claudia Gray, who's one of the writers of the High Republic, where the people like Stellan, I mean, uh, is it Stellan or is it Elzar? I think Elzar feels, uh, Elzar is the one that feels the force is like water. Yeah, yeah. And you can call upon it. It can be into, powerful. You can go dive into the depths. Exactly. It can be still. It it's can interesting. be. It can be chaotic. And then, and then, Avar Chris feels it like a song. It was so cool to yeah. see those snippets from five you know, years ago. I've, you know, as somebody that I grew up watching Star Wars movies, I was just old enough to not get into the cartoons, not knowing that there was substance to them. Now, right. Which is why now I'm going back. Right. You know, I was the. I grew up on the Ewok movies, which. One day we, I hope we can do an episode on because absolutely, <laughs> so, especially now that we can watch it on Disney Plus. I'm telling you, man, I love them, and so, um, and so, but 
now that I'm like getting into the comics and I'm into and now I've started down this road of the right. audio books what I'm finding is that you know these these authors really unpack a level of the Jedi and what they could do especially in the High Republic era mm-hmm. you see you know I remember telling my wife after listening to Light of the Jedi I was like dude the Jedi in the High Republic era were so much stronger yeah. and it really made me better understand when Yoda's like we have lost our connection to the Force. I mean, yeah. we understood that they were all using the Force. They were well, all still what we got to see in the prequels was such and... a step up from what the original trilogy showed us. Yeah, because the original trilogy you don't really the, get much. Because... The Force is mostly a, it's something you move things around with. Yeah, that you connect to, and then in the the prequels you start kind of getting a little bit. Oh, there's a little more to it. Mm-hmm. Then you look at what's going on in the High Republic era, which I'm still convinced. You know, years down the road, we're going to start seeing that on film, right? And there's what there's already do, rumor of that. Yeah, what they can do is so big. It's so so much more. It was funny because in Light you, of the Jedi, I guess if you haven't read Light of the Jedi, fast forward 40 seconds. Okay, I'm going to say a spoiler. Three, two, one. Okay, in Light of the Jedi, Samuel texts me. He's like, where are you at? Which I always know something good's coming because he wants to know, can I say it yet, yeah. you know? <clears throat> and I said, uh, I'm at this place. And he says, a Jedi, he loves Loden Great Storm. Loden just did something. I always wonder why the Jedi never did it. And so there's these guys who are bad guys. Long story short, I don't want to... <laughs> I'm yeah, on a 40-second time exactly where I put myself on. Saying, yeah. But Loden reaches out and finds the people who have ill intent based on their emotions within the Force yeah. who are trying to kill people. And he raises them all like 15 meters in the air and just drops them. Yeah. And nobody in the prequels was thinking to do stuff like that. No. You know what I mean? No, I mean, we got to remember that when, you know, even in the original trilogy, like, they were... It was a really radical idea to do something like Star Wars. Right, right. Like, right. We're, we're way down the road on, you know, if you were to show, like, more modern movies, like, even, like, Rise of Skywalker, you show that to somebody back in, like, the 50s, they would have been, like, like it would have been overwhelming. Right, but right. we've conditioned ourselves to deeper levels of entertainment. I mean, now our Marvel movies are, like, now we're not even in the same, you know, universe anymore. Right, like, We're right. jumping all over, right? And well, it's so, funny because, like, when they started off topic but whenever they started making cars using production line and you know the Ford yeah. started doing the production line it was funny because they were like this they think this is a good thing it's not a good thing we have scientific proof that shows the human body can't travel at over 70 miles an hour like yeah. things that we're like we're currently doing 80 yeah it's just so funny like and same thing for like what you can what you can see in Star Wars you know there were massive positive reviews, yeah. but even back in the 70s, there were the persons like, it's just an entertainment, there's sure. no, there's Which, nothing to and it. there's still people that, obviously people love to pick it apart today, everybody's right. a critic and all that, but I just, I love that, you know, there's there's levels, there's layers that are being unpacked now that we're, when you, if you grew up and you just saw the original trilogy, what the force is, is so much smaller. And then when you watch the prequels, you go, okay, it's bigger. And even if you watch the, the newer trilogy, you see a little bit like bigger but it's really when you start diving into clone wars yeah and into some of this higher public stuff you go man like it's 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 pretty big what the higher it's public so interesting does. too because just like your relationship to other people or if you're religious your relationship to to god it's when you first get into it you're not really sure what it is and it seems so complicated but with the force it's very similar to those other areas where it's like, yes, it is bigger than you ever imagined, yeah. but that's also what makes it so, um, 
like the forced desires to be at peace, the de- the forced desires, justice, and all these other things. Like yeah. you, know, you see, what I'm saying like, so in the in the original trilogy, it was like the force is small, and it's only attainable to a few. Right. And then the prequel trilogy kind of makes it feel a little bit more attainable because you see so many more Jedi versus right. you just have Obi Wan, Luke, Vader. Right. You know those folks. Yeah. But then by the High Republic, it's like no, the Force is around and in everything. And I know Yoda says that, but it's like, yes, it's in the tree. But can yeah. this human being touch the Force? And I think that the way that Claudia expresses that, even in just the first couple of minutes. Yeah, we haven't even gotten past the opening when, scene when she's setting it up. Yeah, she does a great job of doing it's that. everything. Yeah. And so Qui Gon. Here's here's what's so cool. And this reminded me of, you know, as a married person, uh, you're always talking to your spouse about, are people going to be married in heaven? You know, or like right. worried about yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. It was funny. I heard a guy say one time, uh, this this guy was preaching. He talked about how his mom had passed away. And since his mom had passed away, his dad had remarried. And he said, uh, he was like, you know, uh, it's funny because I always hear people asking. And he goes... All I know is that if we recognize people in heaven, which I think we do, when we get to heaven, I know my mama. And she's going to say, Paul, who's this young woman? His, you know, his his yeah, new yeah, wife. Yeah. And uh, he said, and I know my dad. He's going to say, never seen him before in my life. <laughs> but it's so interesting because it's funny how Star Wars has so much, like, uh, depth to it and real life to yeah. it. As I'm listening to this short story, I'm realizing maybe I won't care if I know anybody because that's not going to be the first thing on my mind. Yeah, it's a, it's, there's definitely, there, you know, the fan base being so big for so long has afforded them, like, the fan base has continually said, no, we want more. Yeah. We want more. We want more, uh, we want more shows, we want more locations, we want more comics, we want more, more books. Right. And because Disney's doing such a good job of, like, pulling things and telling one story. Yeah. It's not as confusing, you know. I've, that's kind of been my beef with Marvel. Is I grew up more of a Marvel guy, mm-hmm. and uh, but the stories are everywhere. They're mm-hmm. possible to connect. And while I know a lot of people don't like that Disney came in and said this is Legends and this is not, yeah, it really brought a lot of clarity to it. Right. And now they have this ability to to really to flesh out some of those deeper details. Right. And what's really interesting is uh, talking about, you know finding a handful of really great authors that they trust yeah. so you have Claudia who's like the song of the force what was this and this and then you have uh, you have Kevin Scott who writes uh, the first higher or sorry Charles Soule who writes the first higher public book which focuses more on Avar than the, fi- the next two do right. and the way she feels and understands the force for her personally is it's like a song yeah. and when someone's in distress where Elzar Mann might feel a wave start to ripple and cause distress in the perfect ocean that is the force. She feels it like something's off. There's an off note. There's yeah. an off key. So it's cool that she starts to kind of weave that web. Who knows if she's already thinking about this story five years ago. Right. You know. But anyways, all that to say that's the first like three paragraphs. But there's a lot more to it. Is, but yeah. Qui-Gon hears the voice of who he used to be or the name of who he used to be because he's now part of the oneness of the cosmic force. Right. And he hears someone call to him 
and it's Obi-Wan Kenobi and he hears his name and he says he begins the journey and the process of leaving the oneness of the cosmic right. force to commune with his apprentice and it says um, <clears throat> he feels uh, skin to wrap wraps onto bone and hair right. and muscle are all a part of that and then his robes and it says and if it's almost like it feels like it's been forever but it feels like it just happened he takes his hood down like he just right. did it yesterday and yeah. he speaks his apprentice's name and starts to commune with Obi-Wan and uh, it makes me wonder if like there's a similarity in Obi-Wan who is or Qui-Gon who is one with the force still has to peel himself into that moment right and it makes me think about when Luke force projects himself across the galaxy yeah to this other you know uh, in uh, The Last Jedi right and and why that took such a toll on him. Yeah. You know, it makes me wonder if there's some similarities in that. If he was doing it in a similar way mm. as to what Qui-Gon was expressing. Right. Or if it's different. I think... Just a visual projection. I... Yeah. I think it's different in a sense that... Um, I don't imagine that Luke... I could be wrong... But in the same way that he can't be touched, I don't think he can touch. Right. Because okay. he's tied to the living force, so he's tied to his body. Gotcha. But I think that, for instance, like when Yoda corrects Luke in The Last Jedi, and he's like, you have to learn from your failure. It's the greatest teacher. Don't just hide yourself away. Don't repeat my mistake, basically. Right. Um, you see that he, he sets the, the that tree on fire that has all the sacred text in it and stuff. And I think that shows the power of, through the wills, teaching Qui-Gon, teaching Obi-Wan, teaching Yoda, this knowledge is getting passed on. Um, You are witnessing the power of when someone is one with the cosmic force. It's not just Yoda's connection to the force. He's a part of the entire force in and of itself. And he peeled himself away for a split second to commune with Luke. Gotcha. So... I always wonder about that, though, because Kylo can't touch Luke. Can Luke touch Kylo? And my hope, whenever, you know, way back, whenever we were talking about what do we want to see in Rise of Skywalker, what are our hopes, you know, you know me, speculation is my favorite part of the game. Sure. And my hope was, is Luke Skywalker, the Luke Skywalker I grew up reading in Legends, who's like a bad mama jamma, right. is, he, is he the first person to, because Yoda crosses into the physical plane and is able to bring that lightning down to strike the tree do we see Luke be the first person to uh, move from the cosmic into the living force and like fight or you see what I'm saying like uh, almost like almost to the point that he wouldn't even have the glow about him right like I really hope and I know this is really far fetched and I know that especially if you want to do stories after Episode 9. Not that they're going to be episodic movies, but if you want to do anything post-Episode 9, you can't really give Luke this kind of power. At least it doesn't feel like you can. But I was really hoping that he would almost lose the glow because it's up to him whether he's in the cosmic or the living force. Right, I see what you're saying. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, he goes over and he uh, he's talking to Obi-Wan. Yeah. He's talking to Obi-Wan, and he's telling him about uh, Obi-Wan's very distraught 
and he's saying the boy's going to see. And I guess Obi-Wan puts two and I don't know if he has a knowing or if he just puts two and two together right. that Owen and Beru are going to be gone. Yeah. And he's, he's saying he's he in danger. Yeah, maybe he senses it. Yeah, he knows what's going on. And he's saying Luke is in danger. Like this boy that I've spent these last 20 years, I'm finally... Which now we're seeing that he was watching over him. Right. And it's interesting because he's saying, I finally feel like, almost like my new self. Like I almost, these 20 years, and it's finally coming to fruition. All the hard work and the and the exile and the loss of love that I've been going through for these 20 oh. years. And they said... It's described as like his Jedi robes are so tattered and worn that you would just think he was the hermit he was pretending to be. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and so it's interesting that Qui Gon is like Luke has so much more left to give to the galaxy. His story is very far from over. Right. Because it really trust talks in the about, Force. One of the things that it really talked about was in that moment when you are connected fully to the Force. They seem to not be as bound to a linear sense of time by what, right, the way right. that Claudia was describing it. Yeah, he talks about like... Um, it's kind of stepping out from that. Yeah. Obi-Wan was saying he's so young, he's in danger. And it said... He wanted to reassure Obi-Wan by saying, don't worry, his his time's not up, basically. He's, right. he's going to be okay. But he also... There's a moment he's thinking to himself, time is time in the living realm is such a blip on the radar... That like what is young, what is old, but his time's not over, so don't worry. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting though because there there is a moment where Obi Wan is worried for his his pupil, you know, because Obi Wan in this moment doesn't know what awaits him at the Death Star. Right. You know, so he's worried and he's 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 saying the work is just beginning. The work is just starting. Like, I've been here for 20 years, and I'm finally this new person. The work is just getting started. Yeah. And Qui-Gon basically is like, you have to continue to trust. Right. For 20 years, the hardest part, He and, and you mentioned it when we were talking about it before we started recording, was it was so interesting that he was saying, uh, you've done great things as a Jedi, as an apprentice, and as a master, but one of your greatest accomplishments has been the fact that that you've lasted these 20 years out here disassociated yeah. from the Jedi you grew up with. Yeah. Lost the four main people that you ever loved were Padme, Satine, Qui-Gon, and Anakin. And three of them died before your eyes. Right. And the fourth one suffered a fate worse than death. And you're still here. The greatest accomplishment is the one you just completed where you were 20 years right. staying, staying you faithful. So. You, did, you, you did all of this all this time reflecting, all this time thinking about things, all this time waiting. Right. And in the middle of all that, never, you know, falling to the dark side, never yeah. falling into, I mean, think about what, what you know, fear or bitterness, yeah. or, you know, which would be the one that seems like it would get you in right. that moment. And it makes right? me wonder, like, I wonder if the, the self-hate that Obi-Wan's feeling, yeah. right? Fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, but like the fear of losing the war, the fear of what's yeah. going on between because he clearly by the end of of episode three we we pretty much know like he has a pretty great idea of what's going on between Anakin and Padme for sure but he doesn't want to rock the boat he doesn't want to hurt his two friends right. what does he but do it's so interesting because his response is so opposite of Maul when Maul at the end in Phantom Menace you know goes into his place right and Maul is like 
Maul talks about all the time that he spent, like, loathing, mm-hmm. hating Obi-Wan. And it's like his, what kept him alive. His time of waiting was filled with so much hatred and mm-hmm. darkness. And Obi-Wan's is the exact opposite. His time of waiting... Um, Ironically, is hope. Is Yeah, is hope. He, Which is what the trailer said. In, in right. the middle of darkness, in the middle of despair, hope is there. Yeah. And so... Um, there's one a thing mental that, fortitude there. Yeah, that's yeah. There's impressive. a yeah. There's the mall, especially because I would be thinking about all those times Palpatine toy was playing with us. Yeah, that would be. I would spend all of that time beside, yeah. thinking about how not only did Anakin go to the dark side and the weight of that, but like Palpatine puppeted me to to leading a war. Right. And the whole time he was like that. He's that, both sides. Dude, the level of bitterness and anger right. and resentment I would have felt towards Palpatine, I would have been, I would have ended up becoming a more like Maul. Yeah. And ended up becoming just filled with it. It's that. so interesting because when you look at it like Maul keeping himself alive for all these years, like making like this crazy robotic body to keep himself alive, building essentially a. Uh, underground empire before everything kind of is dissolved during during yeah. uh, all that time when he's just back and forth. Uh, you think like, wow, what a strong individual to hold himself together. But ultimately, he was just being led and fed by his emotions. And Obi-Wan is the opposite where we think he's just in a hidey hole. But really to be in one place and your job is to watch over the sun of the guy you failed. Yeah, and didn't, like, he's... Like, Obi-Wan specifically said in episode one that he never really wanted to go back to Tatooine Don't again. Don't want to go back to Tatooine. And now he's not even... Not only is he on a remote planet, but he's living in secret... Right. ...for a long time. After all of this just... Yeah. You know, all this chaos and, and just going from world to world to world and just the energy of that. Yeah. And when I come off of the energy of an event... And I, if I'm at that event for a long time, like we go, we go to camp. Right. When I come back from that, I'm wiped. Right. But I also have created a habit of of high energy lifestyle. Right. It's, it's a hard transition to calm back down. Right. And I just I can't imagine going doing all the things that he did, living and in it's the not world just, of the Republic. It's not just dial it back and you rest. No. It's dial it back, but stay you constantly ex- aware. You don't exist anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's and it's interesting because if uh, I were Obi Wan, I would have found a way to go kill Palpatine. That would have been I would have become Maul. I would right. have spent the rest of my life trying to kill Palpatine. Well, it's so interesting because the cosmic force is so like it was. We were talking about the High Republic and the Way Seekers that maybe feel things a little bit differently, and they trust the idea of what the Jedi want to do, but they need to go find what the Force has for them by themselves. And we were saying like yeah. the richest. The rigidness of the Jedi Order that pushed Ahsoka away, that pushed uh, uh, Barriss away, that pushed, you know, for right. a lot of times, put, pushed Qui-Gon away. He was kind of on the outskirts. Anakin. Pushed Anakin away. And all this time... But you know who never was a jerk? Plo Koon. Plo Koon. Anyways, keep going. But it's so interesting that the cosmic force, like, it's, it's kind of cool because within the cosmic force, yes, there are hard times... But it's kind of like you can see the end from the beginning and you know we're going to get to an okay place. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, I think it's so... I, I'm really interested to see, like, what is that moment for Obi-Wan during 
uh, during the show that's going to bring him to a place where right. he's because he's essentially he's worried for Luke in this in this story, but at the same time, he really has healed from a lot. Right. And he's actually encouraging. Qui Gon says, "I'm sorry, I failed you for for calling you to train Anakin. Yeah. I'm sorry, I failed you for for pulling you way too far into the future that you weren't ready for yet. Maybe I shouldn't have even brought Anakin." And Qui Gon, the longer he's talking to Obi Wan, the more he feels more like his human self and starts to have those right. human regrets again. And there's a moment where Obi-Wan actually is the one that has the clarity of the and force. He says, no, no, and he says, yeah. Anakin made his own decisions. decisions. And yeah. I'm responsible and you're responsible, but ultimately he makes the decision. What I what I like about this moment is that it's not it's you know, she does a good job of painting that this is not the first time Qui-Gon has appeared right. to to Obi-Wan. Right. And that's great because we you know, we've already got confirmation that we're gonna see Qui-Gon in the Kenobi series. So this is like well, there's rumor. Time. There's I don't think there's been confirmation. Oh, I thought it was confirmed. That, it's all uh, speculation still. Liam Neeson was in. I've heard that. I've I've heard people say there's a good chance, but okay. I've never had any. Maybe my hopes just made it like it was. It was happening. It was happening. But, but it's to I guess to to kind of wrap it up. It's so cool, and one thing that we noticed right away because we're listening with the intent of how does this story bring us closer to who Obi Wan's going to be that we're going to see. Or how does this story show us who Obi-Wan will be at the end of the show? Right. Is the show going to bring us to this who's mature and he's worried for Luke, but... I mean, surely we've got to see him process. He's made a lot of peace, it seems like, yeah. where he, in the trailer he's like, we lost. Yeah, I think, though, that the Obi-Wan that you see at the end of Episode 3 and who you get at the beginning of 4, that's a the emotional, like... That's a that's a desert's a great word for that, mm-hmm. right? The emotional desert he had to walk through mm-hmm. to be at that type of that level of peace. And at the same time, when you look at the cosmic force, it's an emotional desert, but there's always life. Like there's always yep. hope. There's always like it's kind yep. of like with the Tuscans from Boba Fett, it's like this planet used to be filled with water. Yep. And it made me wonder, like, I was really hoping like maybe they're gonna find water, like something really right. grand or yeah. something, but um one of the things that was so cool was it says, and I don't know if this is on purpose, I don't know how far out these stories are being made. You know what right, I mean? Right. And we've heard that every show gets an overhaul. Every movie gets an overhaul. Um, but it was interesting that it said it took 10 years because Yoda says Qui-Gon's been learning how to commune through the Force. Oh, yeah, yeah. And But it took 10 years for his wisdom and understanding and uh Having, I guess, the willpower because it says it's painful to separate himself right into this physical form. Uh, I don't know if painful is the right word, but like it's a process and there's like a, a, a it's laborious, there's an intentionality, to yeah. It. yeah. And it, but the one thing that we were like, really, was it says from the moment that they begin to commune because it's not that he can't hear him or speak to him, but from the moment they begin to commune, it had taken Qui Gon 10 years to get to this physical plane. Right. And I, I looked at you and I paused it and I was like, Obi-Wan Kenobi is set 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. I'm telling you. I think, so yeah. I think we're going to see it. I, I do too. And, I and think that, the shirt's coming off. Dude, I'm going to be fired up. I'm going to be fired up. So What's cool though is how many people like Obi-Wan, it didn't take him long at all. It took him like five minutes. 
Right. Like, he got, you know, not even that. It was yeah. like, right, like he became one of the force. Run, Anakin. Like he was yeah, already yeah. there. Yeah, he has that moment where he's already communicating Maybe to Luke. Maybe Qui-Gon had already taught, taught him how along yeah. the way. I, think, well, I, I think, doubt we see that. But I'm, yeah, you know. yeah. I think, like, uh, I think we won't see Vader as much as we probably want to see Vader. And I don't think we'll see Qui-Gon as much as we want to. No. I think it will be really cool if... Somehow, and here's, here's, somehow Grogu will show up and save the day. Heck no. <laughs> we need a break from Grogu to get I excited know. for Mando. I know. But uh, I'll say this and then we'll close. Uh, but how I hope it ends is I really want the show to go to a dark place. Mm-hmm. Like Boba Fett, there's not a lot. Like Mandalorian, like there's there's risk, but there's never like an emotionally dark place. Yeah. Like we all know he's going to get Grogu back. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's There's complications. Yeah. But there's not an emotional darkness. Boba was going there yeah. with the Tuscans, and then yeah. we just moved on from it. Yeah. I thought they really should have played that out, which yeah. is, you know, I'm not the director, but um, I hope we get to a really dark, like, yeah. even, like, double down on the defeat he feels. Am I even going to be able to save this kid? Yeah. Is it hopeless? They're going to find me no matter where I am, because we know from the trailer they're on Tatooine. Like, I just hope when they finish fleshing it out, that it feels like there was purpose to it. Right. So that's what I was going to say was I hope that there's a deepness of like, is there ever going to be hope? Yeah. Right? Because that's the point of the trailers. There's Right. It's despair, 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 but there will be hope. And I hope, LOL, is that maybe at the, I don't care if it's a small little cameo. There's the despair and we've barely survived the Inquisitors. Are more going to show up? Right. Is the Emperor going to show up? Can I even save him? Qui-Gon's not talking to me. Something like that. And I would love for, like, maybe the finisher of the finale. Obviously, I want as much Qui-Gon as I can possibly for get. Sure. But I think the most rich way that they can do it is in the depths of his despair, like, the closing scene is Obi-Wan. And he looks up, and right. there's Qui-Gon, and it's like, there is hope. Right. And then that's how the show ends. That's awesome. But anyways, we want to dive into the deepness of the cosmic force and like, I don't know, it's crazy like yeah, how... There's so much more you could do. Yeah. So we could go on forever. Yeah. But we got. We hope you guys have liked this. If you did, please like this video, subscribe to the channel, uh, send good luck our way. We did put it on... I put it in my application to be on the podcast stage at Celebration in Anaheim. Um, who knows? I mean, there's, there's yeah. literally a zillion Star Wars podcasts out there that are just putting out stuff. Um, but we put our hat in the ring. Yeah. Um, we sent some informative stuff. We sent some in-depth lore, and we sent some funny things. Hopefully, it's a good mix. Um, and so, uh, April, early April is when they said they're going to announce who's going to make it. And so, if we make it or not, I guess we'll, we'll let you guys know. But that's been episode 77, the oneness of the cosmic force. And we hope you dug it and that you continue to dig the show. And uh, thank you so much, and we'll catch you next time.